I feel victory in the house. You are the victory. You are the joy. I feel your victory is in the house. blessed today. Let's thank him. Let's praise him. Let's glorify his name together. We're all experiencing the blessing of the Lord together in real time. Praise God. We want to extend a warm welcome to all of those that are visiting here today. God bless you and enrich your time here. This is the highlight of my, my week. Coming together with God's people and exalting the name of Jesus. Great to see everybody in the house. Yesterday there was a, a Bible quiz tournament and I was told that we took first place in all the major divisions and and his family. You know, we got to be careful here at Cornerstone because we're just about at the place where we're going to start running the aisles when we take up the offering. And we're real close. Just make sure you give before you run. Just having some fun, okay? Just having some fun. But on that note, five months ago, this incredible group of people known as Cornerstone took up a final pledge to finish um, project number one, finish project number two, which we're just about ready to get started on. And project number three is converting this facility into our school which will be uh, opening up fall of this year. And so, yes. Yes. And so the deadline for those pledges is the end of this month, and we really, really are encouraging all of you to, uh, to please see this all the way through. I promise you that every single dime will go to its intended purpose, and um, we're trying to get on down the road here, in Jesus' name. Everybody said, praise the Lord. It looks like we are in this building for our last 30 days. What do you say we go out in a cloud of glory? If you're going to finally get down and cut a rug, do it in the next 30 days. You know, every once in a while, and I'm, I'm not, this is, this is not a rebuke. This is an encouragement. I heard this term a while back. I'm not really sure what it means, but I like the sound of it. Every once in a while, you need to bust a move. 
What does that mean? Just all of a sudden, just wow. You need to let the devil know, I still got it. Come on, you're not going to let me be the only one busting the move right now. Well, Pastor, you don't know what's going on in my life. If you'd focus on God for once, you'd feel the joy again. You'd feel the peace again. You'd feel the righteousness again. Okay. Man, I'm just glad to be here. Did you enjoy Brother Howard? It. I don't know what to tell you. Tuesday night service, he got in the Holy Ghost and he began prophesying. And if you were here, it was it was from another world. I'd like to direct your attention this morning to Genesis. Chapter number 26. Appreciate this great worship and praise and atmosphere that this congregation has cultivated and allowed to grow and become a blessing to all of us. Musicians, singers, choir. All of them. All of them in Jesus' name. Genesis chapter number 26 and starting in verse number 1. And there was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines, unto Gerar. And the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down into Egypt. Dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee, and I will bless thee. For unto thee and unto thy seed I will give all these countries, and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father. I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven. And will give unto thy seed all these countries, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Because that Abraham obeyed my voice, he kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. Skipping down to verse number 14. Speaking of Isaac, for he had possession of flocks, possession of herds, and great store of servants, and the Philistines envied him. For all the wells which his father's servants had digged in the days of Abraham his father, the Philistines had stopped them and filled them with earth. Verse number 18. And Isaac digged again the wells of water which they had digged in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them after the death of Abraham. And he called their names after the names by which his father had called them. The message I am to preach to you is simply entitled, The Generational Flow. The Generational Flow. Let's put our Bibles down and in this incredible spirit, let's lift our voices and pray together. Pray that the Word of God would give understanding, would give illumination, would give revelation 
that we would have a comprehension that would begin to order our steps. That we would walk with understanding. We would communicate with understanding. And our actions and our thoughts and our words would be informed of the Holy Ghost and the Word of God. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. The incredible drama of this story really begins several verses earlier after the death of his father Abraham. Isaac is approached by God. We read this already, but just for the sake of reference, I'd like us to look again at verse number 2 and 3. And the Lord appeared unto Isaac and said, Go not down into Egypt, but dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee, and I will bless thee, and unto thee, and unto thy seed I will give all these countries, and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father. So, after the time of mourning, which biblically can be days, weeks, and as long as 30 days, like it was for Moses, God appears to the heir of the promise, which is Isaac, And he tells him that even in the midst of this famine, I do not want you to go to Egypt. I want you to stay where you are at. Now, at first glance, this really doesn't, it really doesn't mean too much. We're continuing to read as God begins to rehearse why he's going to do what he's going to do and how he's going to use Isaac, so on and so forth. But the fulcrum of all of that is found in verse number 2. And God specifically tells him, do not go to Egypt. The reason why that is so important is because there is a history of, at a time of famines, of going to the world. You may remember even in Genesis chapter number 12, here, Abram, he's not Abraham yet, he's Abram, there is a famine in the land. Genesis chapter 12, verse number 10. But he goes to Egypt for one reason, due to a famine. In Genesis 46, one of the children of Isaac, God speaks to Jacob to go to Egypt in the midst of great famine. So, his father goes to Egypt. His son goes to Egypt. And Joseph is placed in Egypt as part of the architect of a rescue program at the time of famine. But it is Isaac's responsibility to stay in the land 
that God had promised unto his father uniquely in addition to all of his progeny and lineage going to Egypt at the time of famine, Abram had a name changed. Jacob had a name change. Joseph had his name changed in Egypt. Isaac is the only one that never had his name changed. He was the only one that was told to stay put. He was the only one that got a personal visit from God and said, I want you to stay right here. I know there's a famine going on. I know that it's a great temptation to leave this place because not only is there a famine going on, but we're going to find out that there's no water. Sometimes God will ask of us to go against everything that we see and we hear. So Isaac has a place of preeminence in the plan of God that is often not noted. It is not easily discovered unless you start combing through the fine print and you start seeing exactly what was required of Isaac. But I submit to this great audience here this morning that Isaac has in some ways that we will discover here in our time together here this morning, one of the most important roles in the entirety of the Word of God. The Bible says in verse number 15, that all the wells which his father's servants had digged in the days of Abraham, his father, the Philistines had stopped them and filled them with earth. Now, this was not just some kind of a casual um, duty of the Philistines. You have to understand that while Abram was Abraham was in Canaan land and the place where Isaac was raised, they had to learn to coexist with the Philistines. There are some enemies in our lives that we may totally never run off. But God will give you the power to overcome them in their presence. God may completely obliterate the Amalekites, and he may run out the Hittites, and he might uh, run out the Moabites and, and take vengeance upon the Ammonites. But the Philistines were different from any other enemies that God's people had. Because they coexisted. And the boundary that existed between what the Philistines considered to be theirs and what God's people considered to be theirs was a very important line of demarcation and had spiritual, had spiritual significance. For example, a lot of people... Um, they read the story of David and Goliath, that they don't understand that Goliath represented the southern boundary of Judah. And the nation of Israel was growing. The nation of Israel needed to expand. And so what Goliath represented was, he represented that we are the ones that are stopping you from growing, much like the Midianites were during the time of Gideon. And so when David went after Goliath, it was not just 
because this giant was an uncircumcised Philistine, which we know all that. We accept all that. But there was more to the story. It's that we need to grow. We need expansion. And you are never going to have expansion. You are never going to have growth without pushing back on the enemy. And what I've been saying for the last month is, since we got Goliath on the ground, why don't we take his sword out? And why don't we do him some damage? Come on, it ain't going to do any good to complain. It's not going to do any good to get worldly. It's not going to do any good to backslide. Come on, somebody, clap your hands and give God the praise. When they took the head off of Goliath, it meant that we can expand to the south. And it just so happened in that example, and of course, it's filled with biblical typology, that it just happened that Goliath was trying to stop praise. And that's what Judah means, is praise. And that's where the giant is. And the giant says, all right, I know you're there, and we're over here, and there's a valley between us. But we're not going to allow your praise and worship to go any further. That's why at Cornerstone, we're not just happy with a little two-step and a little hand clap. We want to get loose. When you come to this church... We don't want you to walk out with the same attitude you walked in here. We don't want you to walk in with the same bondage. Come on, somebody. See, you got to operate by a revelation. We are hooked to the Ancient of Days. We are hooked to King David. We have the key of David. If you forget or you allow your right brain to do all of the thinking instead of your spiritual brain, you won't comprehend that you've got a whole book full of biblical precedent, that I've got precedent to be free. I got precedent to be liberated. I got precedents to dance. Saul might have done his thousands, but David his ten thousands. You can go ahead and settle for a church that's just got the thousands. But I want to grab that tambourine. I want to turn in circles. I want to be liberated. I want to get rid of the giants. Oh, let's shout for a minute. Just saying. Philistines were perpetually a divine regulator of the growth and the spiritual momentum of God's people in the Old Testament. And so here they are, Abimelech, in the days of Isaac. I do not believe that when Abram, Abraham finally passed to his heavenly reward, that it was just a casually, eh, I need a couple guys to go over and fill a couple wells up. No. I believe that the Philistines were waiting for this moment. They were waiting to separate your past from your present. And it happens with dirt. It happens with carnality. It happens with flesh. It happens with rocks. It happens with junk. Clap your hands and give God the praise. I'm going to preach here today. Because I've come to let the spirit world know you ain't filling in this well. Come on, somebody. You ain't getting my life source. You ain't getting my dimensional living. You're not getting my spirituality. 
You go ahead and get carnal if you want to. We've come too far to back up now. Come on, somebody clap your hands and give God the praise. I've come to establish some realities here today. We're only in this building for 30 more days. This building will not be turned over to carnality. It will not become a movie theater. It will not become something for the world. It's here for apostolic education. I believe that the minute that word got out that the old man of promise, the patriarch of God's promises, the one that gave the Philistines fits, has just passed away. And the Philistines were aware that his passing is not just going to be an afternoon memorial service, but it could go on for days, and it could go on for weeks. I believe immediately that the Philistines collaborated, that while their back is turned and they're focused on mourning, you fill those wells up. Because Isaac got all the flocks of his father. He got all the sheep of his father. He got all the wealth of his father. And when he finally comes through this special chapter of mourning, we want him to realize you can't stay here. This is why to those of you that are in brokenness, and those of you that are in mourning, and those, those are our spiritual chapters in our lives. You can never become so focused on mourning and your grievance that you put your sword up. Oh, come on. Come on. Is anybody out there? You want to know what the problem is? Some people got a filled-in well. If you've got a television in your home, there's no reason why the glory ain't moving like it used to. you got to redig that well. Come on, we got some well diggers around here. I've seen a lot of people move and a lot of people transfer, and at the time of moving, all of a sudden they show up with stuff they didn't leave with. I'm going to tell you what, the well's going to be different. The depth is going to be different. The victory's going to be different. It's time to redig that well and get back to the glory. Get back to revival. Get back. Come on, somebody, clap your hands and give God the praise. we got to have the generational flow, if not for you and I, for our children. Got some people. People moved to Spokane. Good people. Good people. They were apostolic. And I asked them, I said, how long have you been in Spokane? Well, we've been here for about nine months. And I thought to myself, being the kind of pastor I am, I thought, what took you so long to get here? While they were finding a nice place to live, while they were finding the right side of town to choose, there was an enemy saying, well, they're focused over there. You start filling in that well. You start filling in that thing with some flesh. You start filling it in with some carnality. You start, oh, I'm preaching right now. I'm preaching better than you're responding. And by the time they got here, they just thought, we'll just slip in. We'll just be, uh, no, 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 no. Here's a shovel. Here's a pickaxe. Start digging it back out. Start getting the carnality out. Start getting the flesh out. You got to call it the name of your pastor. You got to call sin what your pastor called it. You, somebody! This is why two people can be on the same pew 
and one person's overflowing with the glory and the power, and another person here, that voice is saying, you know, the game starts at three. What game? You got junk in your well. If you the well is deep, and if you're going to enjoy this, you're going to have to get back to the depth. You're going to have to get back. There's a lot of shallow stuff around. There's a lot of stuff operating on this and that and the other. But as for me and my household, I want it to get deep. I want it to be raw. I want it to be powerful. I want it to be glorious. Come on, Isaac. You don't need to go to Egypt. We got the job to do right here. Somebody clap your hands and shout. Somebody clap your hands and shout. I'm not trying to be a smart aleck, but I've come, I've come with a made-up mind today. You know what happens with people that are backslidden? There's a, a backslidden individual that's been coming around here the last couple of weeks, and I had a short conversation with them last week, and they just don't feel what they used to feel. And if you're not careful you'll think that's the way it's going to be. You got to understand that while you was out there sitting on a bar stool, while you was drinking your margarita at home, the devil said, keep putting dirt in it. Keep putting dirt in that hole. Keep putting carnality in that hole. And when they finally get to their senses, they're going to think, you know what? I ain't never going to be able to get back to that. Honey, here's a shovel. Get to digging. That's the ministry of Isaac. Isaac is showing us you can get back to the water. You can get. Somebody lift your voice like a trumpet and keep on. I'm going to keep on digging. I'm going to keep on pushing. I'm going to keep on pressing. Devil, I ain't listening to you. Devil, I ain't buying that. I'm going to go till I hit water. This is the most glorious well in this area. Over the course of the last 27 years, this group over here has offered me a political position. This group over here has offered me to get more involved and do this and oversee this and do this. And I've just politely said, no, thanks. Because while I'm out getting personal fulfillment in a position, the devil's saying, start filling it. His eyes are looking somewhere else. His eyes are caught up. No, no, no. The most important thing Rick Mayo is doing with his life is raising a family where we have generational flow. The well was good enough for mama. The well is good enough for baby. The well is good enough for daddy. The well is somebody shout. Somebody give him praise. Somebody give him glory. If you're sitting here today and you can't feel it like you used to feel it, keep on digging. Don't settle for the dirt. Don't settle for shallowness. My God, I feel it all over me today. I want the devil to know we're going to keep on digging. We're going to keep on pressing. We're going to keep on pushing. Somebody run. Somebody jump. Somebody shout. Somebody praise him. Come on, run for your grandchildren. Run for your children. Run for another generation, Isaac. This sure explains a lot. 
it for your son. Do it for your daughter. Do it for another generation. Come on, Isaac. Keep digging. We need you. We're waiting on you. Please. is a first place Bible quizzing man. I'm not getting carnal for you. I'm not getting carnal for the devil. I'm not going to get worldly for an organization. I'm not changing nothing. I got to think about him. I got to think about his future wife. I got to think about his children. Somebody clap your hands. Somebody give God the praise. I rebuke the selfishness of the 21st century. I rebuke the carnal religious selfishness of this hour. I've mentioned this, just remain standing, it helps me preach. I was talking to a group of people standing around, I said, I used to go to organizational family camp meetings. And if they were lucky, Brother Anderson, they had one night that looked like our Sunday afternoon altar call. You and I have it every single week. You want to know why? Somebody just kept digging. Somebody just keep fasting. Somebody just kept praying. Somebody, come on, somebody. It's no accident. It's no accident that this church has gone to the heights Somebody praise him. I don't want my children to be part of an organization. I want them to be part of a well that goes back to the patriarchs. You may be seated. These wells had incredible significance. Jesus must needs go through Samaria. Stop right there. National Bible quizzing champion over all the United States. Why would I settle for a football game and sports when we got a well? Why would I settle for the shallow and the vicarious fulfillment? as a mom or a dad, when I can see them carry an anointing and carry the word of God like Abraham their father. Somebody shout with a voice of triumph and give him praise. You may be seated anymore. Oh, they're just ultra wrapped. Somebody step on the scene. And try to redig people's wells for them, knowing what God holds for them, knowing what's at the bottom of that. Even a woman that's lived in immorality and false worship said, The well is deep. Why would I go to church and only get a touch, but sit in a sporting bar? And that's where my heart is. Honey, if your heart is in this place, it's going to go deep. It's going to go broad. It'll go long. It'll go wide.
once the well gets filled up, it is so easy to pack it up and start heading out. Let's just find a ABC church, one that we're familiar with, the nomenclature of our culture, and we'll just call it good enough. When you get a well, the animals get satiated. The children get satiated. They plant trees. Things grow by the, by the brook and things grow by the well. And even the prophecy given to Joseph that there was a vine that, wo- that wove and weaved over a well. Doesn't happen in a dry, parched, regimented, religious. There's got to be a well there. And Jesus goes and meets an immoral woman that is polytheistic worship. And said that this is the well that was given to our father Jacob. The biblical record never records that Jacob actually dug that well, but what happened was the patriarchs purchased that piece of ground. And now here we are from the book of Genesis chapter number 12. It was called Shechem in Genesis chapter 12, even by Abraham. In the New Testament, it was Samaria, but it was really, geographically, it was called Shechem and Sychar. The well was still around several thousand Years later. But see, what happens with the well, once you strike water, dude, if you ain't got a sword, you better get one. You want to know why? You ain't going to keep that well. First thing that Philistine's going to do is say, that ain't your water, that's mine. Because that's what it's exactly what happened to Isaac. Isaac went out to obey the word of God and began to dig wells. And the very first well was called strife. That's because your carnality is going to rise up and say, no, no, no. I don't like fasting. I don't like praying until I break through. I don't like slipping out of bed in the midnight hour. I don't like having to go to the church to pray. I don't like having to be really spiritual. And you're going to have resistance on your hands. Very first well was called Ezek, which means strife. So Isaac was not, he could not gain possession of that well because the herdsmen of the Philistines said, that's ours. So he went out and dug another well. Are you ready for this? The second well was called accusation think you are getting spiritual all of a sudden who do you think you are oh you got convictions now you want you don't want to come over and watch the game now huh you don't want to hang out with us anymore no 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 my well goes down a little bit deeper and i've tasted something that this world cannot give me that sports cannot give me that hollywood cannot give me nothing in this world can satiate Anybody tries to change the depth. I've had it happen to me. Who do you think you are? Oh, one, guy, one guy said, so you're Brother Mayo. With, with a real sneer. If I said his name, which I'm never going to do, I'm not out to humiliate him, but this is what happened. I'm just telling you. Is that all right? I didn't come here to be part of some program, ladies and gentlemen. I come here to dig a well. And guess what? We're going to dig one across the street. You think this one was good? Wait till you get 800 people digging. Wait till you get 1,000 people that are digging into the enemy's territory. The devil don't want us here. He don't want us on this ground. 
Well, the minute your back's turned because you're licking your wounds and you're full of bitterness and resentment, the devil's saying, kick that, kick that rock in while he ain't looking. Go ahead, push that mound in while he ain't looking. And when you finally come to yourself and go back to praying, it's not as easy as it, is, as it was. Can't get a hold of God quite as easy as you used to. Can't get in the Holy Ghost quite like you used to. So we continue to live in the shallows. Instead of making up our mind and said, if I touch the hem of his garment, I'll not settle. I'll not settle for anything less. Devil, I'm going to serve you a notice. And flesh, I'm going to serve you notice. I'm going to keep on digging till I hit. I'm going to keep on digging till I get a fistful of his garment. I'm going to... The second well was called accusation. He didn't get that one either. The third well he had to travel many miles to get away from the Philistines. And he knew it. Isaac was starting to think, well, maybe I am getting run off. I mean, I was raised on the banks of these wells. I was raised on these church pews. I was raised under the sound of anointed preaching. He was eight and a half hours by foot south of the final well. And he knew he had gone too far south to fulfill the will of God. It was called Rehoboth, and it means a large place. Finally, he had water without resistance, but he said, I'm not where I'm supposed to be. I am trying to minister to people under the sound of my voice that the well that you originally dug is still there. And whatever you got to do to get to the depths, you can do it. God's going to help you. You might have given up, but I haven't. You might have given up, but these haven't. You might have given up, but my grandkids aren't. I can't afford to give up, Brother Anderson. I got a wife. I've got children. I've got grandchildren. We're never going to experience the generational flow, which is the absolute perfect, perfect will of God. See, you have to understand that Canaan land, Abraham was considered a squatter. And what that well represented was residency. It represented permanence. It represented we got water for me. We got water for our children. We've got water for the servants. We got water for the flocks. I think we're going to stay right here. And so that well represented a thorn under the saddle of the enemy. Listen, I know that you're going to be tempted to go to one of the largest rivers in the world. And I know you're going to be tempted to go where there's food. But I need somebody, Isaac, that's going to bridge the gap for a Jacob and bridge the gap for a future Joseph so I can reposition my people where I want them so I can provide them with the greatest testimony this world has ever seen. But if God can't use you to fulfill his prophecy, he said, I'll get somebody else. I'll get me an old ex-rocker. 
that just thinks that I'm the greatest thing, better than any drug, better than any bar stool, better than any Alcoholics Anonymous, better than methadone, better than anything in this world. And I'll put them in a land where there is no well. And I'll say, if you're going to stay here, you're going to have to learn to dig. And you're going to have to keep digging. And you're going to have to keep pushing. And you're going to have to keep pressing. And you're going to do it. And generations will be blessed. Clap your hands and give God the praise. And because this great congregation has helped us to dig, I got a text last week that in Cornerstone North, they had three people baptized and three people got the Holy Ghost. I'm here to report that at Cornerstone South, every single Sunday, they got a bigger group. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying if I can dig a well, then they can dig a well. And that's what the devil didn't want. The devil didn't want this to catch on. The devil didn't. I love. I love this brother right here. Would you please stand? Look at this man's Bible. I'm going to, can I buy you a new Bible? This is a devil thumping. It's got a couple pages missing, but it still does the job. Love you. No, no. Just take a walk with me. I am so thankful. I am so thankful that this church has become multicultural. And honey, we ain't ever looking back. We want everybody. We want everybody. Polka dots, orientation, gender confusion. We'll take everybody. You hear me? Love you. Go ahead and have a seat. Brother Dalen, would you come here? Come on out here, brother. Elder, would you come here? Please. Oh, I love that multi car. But what the devil really feels, what he fears the most, is multi generation. You mean they all know what that well is? Uh Uh-huh. They all know how to get to the well. They all know how to get into that well. They all know what that well is for. I ain't doing this for Rick Mayo. I'm doing this for generations. Somebody shout. Somebody in the back praise him. You may be the Isaac. You may be the first one, but keep digging. Clap your hands and give him praise. My God, what are you waiting on? I want my children in this. I want my grandchildren in this. I want my great-grandchildren in this. Let's lift our hands and thank God right now. We found a well that we can grow. We can raise our children here. We can have a future here. We can be blessed here. We can back the devil into a corner here. We can vanquish Goliath here. We can get rid of Abimelech here. We can go ahead and broaden our territory. Just remain standing with me. Oh, I know. I know where you're at. Pastor, I'm the first one. I'm the only one in my family that's found the well. What did the woman with the water pot do? 
she went and told the whole city, I found a well. She emptied bar rooms. She emptied the billiard tables. She emptied the dens of iniquity. And they all came out to Jesus. I am the only apostolic minister in the history of my entire family. But even more important than that, I am the only married apostolic in my family that is raising their children at the edge of the well. Not a ball game. Not worldly competition. Not the dirt, the rocks. The stuff that the devil can't wait to get in that hole when I ain't looking. Let's lift our hands all over this building. It's a time to consecrate and dedicate. We'll only be here at this well for less than 30 days. And then there'll be children that will hear, be here every day. Where you used to run, children will be getting an education. Where you used to shout, children will be learning how glorious it is to be a boy or a girl. Where you used to spin around and give God the praise, they're going to learn the beauty of holiness. Where you used to lift your voice and establish who you are in Jesus Christ, there's going to be a child that doesn't even know who his parents are that's going to find a heavenly father. While you're standing here today lifting up your voice, there's going to be somebody... For the promise is unto you and to your children and as many as the Lord our God shall call. I'm asking everybody in this building to come and stand in this altar and be a part of the generational flow. I've seen great churches, Brother Kilroy, that was built by an Abraham and handed off to a younger man that was no Isaac. And they. St- I've seen great churches in Pentecost. Elder Sergeant given over to a younger man that was no Isaac. And the wells became shallow, and the wells began to dry up, and now things that were never allowed and tolerated. Let's lift our hands. Do this for your kids. Do it for your grandkids. Well, that just ain't my style, Pastor. What do you want their style to be? What kind of attitude do you want them to have about the well? What kind of attitude do you want them to have about the ministry? When Rick Mayo is dead and gone and I've done my part, I'm going to pray and fast that another man come in here with a shovel and another man come in here with dynamite and another man come in here with authority and say, we got a well. Let's make it bigger. Let's make it deeper. Let's make it greater. Come on, let's pray for your children. Even if you ain't got them yet, they're coming. If the Lord should tarry, pray for your grandchildren that they understand what anointing feels like. They understand what the rich word of God sounds like. They understand what truth sounds like. This may not be the only well. But I'll tell you what, if we'll keep going, it'll be the deepest, it'll be the richest, it'll be the purest.
Come on, fight for your children. Fight that they come back for a drink of water. Fight that they lay their water pot down. Fight that they come back to the well. Fight that they get a cool drink of water. My God, I feel something trying to emerge right now. Come on, we're praying for the next generation. Come on, Abraham, pray for Isaac. He's going to have to stay in Egypt. He's going to have to learn how to dig. He's going to have to learn how to sweat. He's going to have to learn how to sacrifice. I want my kids in Bible quizzing. I want my kids to understand holiness. I want my children to understand soul winning. I want them to understand the significance of Jesus' name baptism. It is a travesty when our children know more about a National League baseball team and can name everybody on that team but can't quote any scriptures at the well. It's a travesty, sir, ma'am, that our, ch our children can fight and be bruised in competition but can't them knock the devil down when he stands in their pathway to get another cool drink. That's just ultra-conservative preaching. This isn't ultra-conservative preaching. This is truth. This is truth. This is what everybody used to preach. This is what everybody used to say. This is how everybody used to preach. Finally, Isaac went back to a place where his father went. It was not till he went where his spiritual father was. That they found Beersheba. And God showed up again and said, All of the promise that your spiritual father had. I'm putting it on you. It wasn't until he got in alignment with his spiritual father his that God said, everything that's on that man is now available to you. Everything. Oh, well, I already got the flocks, and I already got the inheritance, and I already got his shoes, and I already got his staff, and I already got his property, and I already got... You're rich and increase with goods. You really don't need anything in the flesh. You get in a little problem, you just slip the credit card out. Just make a call. But it wasn't until he came to where Abraham was and has stood and brokered a deal with the enemy where the enemy said, leave this man alone. <laughs> leave, no, 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 this guy? He's, this guy, we ain't touching him. This guy right here, he's got angels around him. This guy right here, he's anointed. This guy right here, he's got God. This guy right here, we might. See, that's why. If you, if you, well, Pastor, I tried. And Pastor, I tried that digging business, and it just didn't work out for me. And Pastor, you know, I really tried, but it didn't break through. You know what? It's going to take one well, and you may have to lose strife. And you may lose the war with accusation. But if you'll keep pressing and get in alignment with the man of God, and alignment with your spiritual father, God. God said, I'm going to put all of the blessings. Is this too deep for us? Let's lift our hands and give God all the praise. Thank God for the well that was dug here. We're getting ready to dig another one, a bigger one. Deeper and richer and more glorious.
Pastor, I don't want to miss it. Why don't you lay your hand over on the shoulder of a brother or a sister, if it's appropriate, and let's pray. Let's pray for the generational flow to not just stop with me, but reach my child that may not even be at the well. It may speak to somebody that's not even here today. But we are, one can put a thousand to flight, but two can put ten. Oh, come on, lift your voice with me. Brother Howard prophesied it. We're going to fill this thing up. Come on, I feel the devil is already pulling out of his parking spot, saying there ain't no room for me today. I want to raise my children in a world that's given over to chaos and reprobation. The world is reprobate. 